0: What's up? It is I, Jonathan Smith, your host here at Shooting the Schmidt. I am finally back. I had to go home, be a good older brother, and watch my younger brother graduate from high school. So, shout out to Nate. If you want to watch someone take souls on Apex, check out his Twitch, Lil Smitty. one word, L-I-L-S-M-I-T-T-Y-Y. Speaking of taking souls, the Warriors have taken mine, and we'll get into that here in a minute. But first, Double B... Bruce Buffer. It's time! Thank you, Bruce. Now it has been quite a week since, you know, I was here on the pod. My Mavericks are down 3 0. The Celtics absolutely crushed the heat tonight. I'm actually recording during the fourth quarter of that game. Last I saw, they were up by like 30. So a lot has gone on in the basketball world, and I just I just want to get this out of the way. I just want to go ahead and talk about my Mavericks and get the pain over with. So let's just be honest here. I drank all the Mavericks Kool-Aid, drank all of it, okay? I was blinded by my fandom. I forgot how great... The Warriors are, I forgot that winning is a skill. I forgot how important it was to be experienced in the playoffs. Like, that all just left my mind. I saw that my favorite team was good and immediately jumped on the bandwagon. Now, with that being said, it is still a very successful season for the Mavericks, okay? No one expected them to make the conference finals. No one expected them to come back from down 2-0 to beat the Suns. Luka has had, you know, his early success that we've seen in a lot of all-time greats. And now that I've said that, I have to be critical, okay? Like I have crowned, I still stand by this take, that Luka Doncic is the best player in the world. So I have to hold him to that standard. And look, let's just be honest here, right? Luka and the Mavs have been absolutely exposed in this series. Luka can't play defense. Andrew Wiggins is having the series of his life, okay? He's defending Luka extremely well. He's dominating the boards. Let me back up. I just said Andrew Wiggins is defending Luca extremely well. You're saying Jonathan Luca has like back to back 40 point games. It's very true, but it's high volume. Luca's having to take a lot of shots to get to that point, and every bucket that Luca is getting is tough. Now let me continue. Andrew Wiggins having the series of his life, defending Luca extremely well, dominating the boards. He's just all over the place. He's all over the glass. When you go small like Golden State does, you know you have to have that wing who's willing to get in there and rebound, and he's doing that. He's scoring, it will, you know, and like I said, I still believe Luke is the best player in the world. So I have to criticize him like that. And there's just, there's no excuse for the way that he's playing defense right now. Okay, he's defending terribly. Okay, there are defensive sequences where he'll just give up. Like he'll just stop and not run Steph Curry, the greatest three-point shooter we've ever seen off the three-point line. He won't slide in to cut off driving lanes. And it's just, it's lazy defense. And I just don't understand how you can play lazy defense in the Western Conference Finals, okay? And so you see him just give up. He's given up wide open threes or easy dunks. And that's just unacceptable at this point in the season. And I get that he's tired from how much he's having to do on the offensive end. But if he was in better shape, he'd be fine. Like, I I saw some clips from when he was playing in Europe and he looked way way slimmer, way healthier, right? Because obviously he looks slimmer because he was, you know, 17, 18, 19 years old. He's 23 now. But still, he just, he looked just in better shape back then. He still has, like, love handles now, and I just, I don't understand it. He needs to get into better shape. If he does that, like, that will help him be a better defender, okay? He has to shoot better from the free throw line. He's shooting 7-8% for this playoffs. His career playoff free throw percentage is only 69%, and it's just, that's, that's unacceptable, okay? When you score at will like he does, when you get sent to the free throw line as much as he does, you you got to be able to knock him down consistently. Like, I shouldn't be sitting at home, like, worried that you're going to make these free throws, okay? Like, I should have confidence when you step up to the line that you're going to knock these free throws down, right? And there's, there's three signs that you're a dominant player, okay? You score at will, you have high assist numbers, and you shoot a lot of free throws. And Luca does all three of those things. He does two of those things extremely well, He does not shoot free throws well, okay? And like I said, when you get fouled, as much as he does, you have to make the opposing team pay. He needs to improve on his free throw shooting. He needs to get it up around 85%. That's kind of where he – that is where he needs to be, not even kind of. That's where he needs to be, okay? Like he's shown that he's a very capable shooter, you know, with the tough threes that he hits. Look, if you can hit a tough step-back three – you can shoot 85% from the free throw line. Like, it's it's not that hard, okay? He needs to come into next season in better shape. And now, look, with that being said, like, he is 23 years old, okay? And I don't expect a 23-year-old to do nothing but focus on basketball, okay? Like, that would be – that's an absolutely ridiculous standard, okay? Like, I'm 22 years old, okay? And I couldn't imagine just absolutely locking in on one thing for the rest of my life okay like it's also important to take that time off I remember when I was playing baseball in college whenever you know the season would end or whatever I wouldn't touch a ball or a bat for like a month all right because it's important to allow your body to rest time to recover very important so Luca should take three weeks to a month when the season ends to recover he's played a lot of games carried a lot of load then he should just lock in on getting better and getting into shape for the upcoming season and the other thing too is like shooting free throws doesn't doesn't like put that much wear and tear on your body, okay? So he needs to come back a better free throw shooter next season. Now the Mavericks offseason, I do want to talk about this just a little bit. And you know, when I was talking with Lunn a couple weeks ago on the podcast, I made the claim that I didn't think it was that important to have a center, and I was wrong. Uh, Dallas, they need a center. Um, Yeah, like after seeing what Kevon Looney has done to them, it is first of all, it's absolutely blown my line. Blown my mind. Kevon Looney is having the series of his life. And yeah, man, like there's, I think there's a few options for the Mavericks at center. And yeah, so let's, let's get into these really quickly. They can trade for Rudy Gobert. Please don't, as I've said before, you know, he's not the guy that I want in Dallas. You know, I understand that he fills a lot of needs for the Mavericks, but I've seen him get played off the court in the playoffs these last two seasons, you know, and I'm a believer in building for the playoffs and not the regular season. Gobert also extremely expensive. I would rather send that money other places. Uh, they could trade for Nurkic if Portland decides to clean house once again. Please don't. He's similar to Gobert. I don't think he can play consistent minutes when a team goes small during the playoffs. He's going to get played off the floor in a very similar fashion that Gobert does. They could trade for Obama or wait till he becomes a free agent after next season. You know, I've talked about him before. He can shoot, so you can still run the five out offense. He protects the rim well. Um, he moves off the ball well as as well. Like that's another impressive thing with him. You know, like I said, he can shoot. He's athletic. He can hold his own against guards if he gets switched onto them. Um, he's also the cheapest of the three options so far. And then throwing out DeAndre Ayton as well. If if he doesn't sign with the Suns, which is very possible, Phoenix doesn't like to pay players. The Mavs should sign him. Like he finishes over small small defenders, he protects the rim. He's a good enough passer. He can move the ball on offense. I think he'd fit well. He moves well, so you can run him. You know, as the small ball five. If he gets switched onto guards, he can hold his own. I mean, he's he's the guy. If you're Dallas, right? Like Zach Lund hit the nail on the head with that. If they don't, you know, resign him, Dallas. You you need to give him the max, okay? And look, if you can sign Aiton, then I would resign Brunson at twenty five million, okay? Ayton fills. A lot of the holes that you need to be a legit title contender with the pieces that Dallas already has. If you can't sign Ayton, then I'd try to re sign Brunson at $20 million. If you go somewhere else for more money, then maybe go get Colin Sexton, another guard who can handle the ball and, and initiate offense, who's a cheaper option than, than Jalen Brunson. Now, I want to talk briefly about the Celtics and Heat. It is tied up. At two to two, I can say that confidently. I'm about to pull up the score right now as that game is still going on as I'm recording this. And I mean it's just it's such a weird series, right? Like no like neither team's entirely healthy. Yeah, the Celtics won 102 to 82. Neither team's entirely healthy. Tyler Hero didn't play tonight. Man, if he doesn't play, you know, the Heat have no shot. They don't have enough guys who can create shots off the bounce without him. They really need him. Um, but with that being said, if he does continue to play, I think Boston should be nervous, okay? Um I mean, like it's it's just with all these injuries, it's just so hard to tell what's going to happen. And if you put me on the spot right now, it's best two out of three. I would take Boston just because I think they're more consistent. Bam out of Bio has looked great in some games. he looked dominant in game three. Maybe that's because you know Robert Williams didn't play, but at the same time, I think there's something to be said for the way that he played. Against, you know, a guy in Al Horford who's a really good defensive player. And I just I, I don't know. This series is just so up in the air with all these different injuries. And which is just like, you know, these conference finals have been really underwhelming, right? Like, you know, we went from thinking it was gonna be the rise of Luca to them potentially getting swept. You know, you know, in the the Miami and Boston series, it's like, oh, this is gonna be like grit and grind, every game's gonna be close. High level defense, super intense, and then it's not because neither team has been fully healthy. We haven't had a game yet where both teams have been fully healthy, right? Like game one, Marcus Smart and Al Horford didn't play. You know, game two, I believe Robert Williams didn't play. Game three, Marcus Smart gets hurt. You know, Jimmy Butler leaves early, and then obviously tonight, no Marcus Smart and, and no Tyler Hero. It's just, it's just a really hard series to watch because of all the injuries. You know, t- too many role players, not, not enough stars for me. If I'm being Totally honest. But I I still like my Boston pick. Jason Tatum played well tonight. I will say, you know, every time we're ready to, like, crown him as a legit superstar, he has a stinker like he did in Game 3 where he only scored 10 points. But then he always follows that up with a very, very good performance like he had tonight. So that's going to do it here at Shooting the Schmidt. Thank you so much for listening. I will be back again soon with another take for you guys.